Before we have Pastor Stephen come up, I really felt led um, in light of <laughs> in light of what happened on Friday. Um, just to if you follow me on social media, you already know where I stand. But I, I just wanted, as a church, uh, for you to hear from uh, from our leaders. So I, I kind of wrote a brief statement um, that I wanted to release. As a team, we emphatically celebrate the ruling as a redress of one of the greatest miscarriages of justice in American history. Abortion at its worst. Abortion at its worst is a society visiting its worst punishment on its most innocent, vulnerable members. We affirm the biblical truths that we see in Psalm 139 and Luke's chapters 1 and 2, amongst other places, that life is sacred and begins at conception. Now, here's what didn't happen. Can I tell you what didn't happen on Friday? Abortion was not abolished on Friday. Which means that in many states around the nation, there are going to be increasingly, uh, increasingly more freedoms, and in some states, there are going to be increasingly less freedoms. One of, the, one, of the, one of the things that we have to be aware of as the church is that this is both a moment of celebration and challenge. This is a moment of celebration and challenge. Like, uh, as, a, as a body, I want to remind you that with this ruling comes a new responsibility. And though this is a moment of celebration, we also have continued work to do. The goal of the church going forward is to be such a place of support, health, and community that abortion would become unthinkable. House of the Lord is committing itself financially to supporting women, children, and families in this region as we move forward into a new reality as a society. Celebrate, church. Celebrate, but remind yourself we also have a new job to do. Amen? Amen. All right, Pastor Stephen, come on up, bro. Come on, are you well? Yeah? Cool. How you doing? Good, good, good. I, I just feel like, come on, today's a good day. Today is a good day. Amen? Come on, touch your neighbor, tell him it's a good day. We got, we got somewhere to go today, so I, I want to jump right in if that's okay with you. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Steven. It's not on the screen yet, uh, but I am currently the youth pastor. Uh, last week we announced um, I'm actually going to be the, uh, one of the associate pastors um, here at the house. I'm, for sake of time, all I can say is I can't really express in words how honored I am how uh, humbled I am to, to get to continue to be a pastor of this church, one of the pastors of this church. Um, and I just, I love you guys so much. And I just think the future's bright, amen? I, I think the future's bright for Gen Z. I really do. I really do. I really do. So I want to jump right in. If you, if you got a Bible, go to Mark 11. Mark 11, we're going to read uh, six verses and then we're going to jump to Galatians. Uh, but I want to read this before we do it. This is what it says in Mark 11. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry and seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf. He went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. His disciples were like, what is going on with Jesus right now? Like, 
Are you okay, Jesus? Jesus is okay. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus, Jesus entered the temple, temple courts, and he began driving out those who were buying and selling there. And then he overturned the tables of the money. This is where we see Jesus, like, we see Jesus turn up. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Jesus, he's, we're going to talk about it. Don't worry. Uh, the, Jesus, he, he overturned the tables and the money, of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts as he taught them. He taught them. He said, it is not written, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And I want to jump to Galatians 5. This is Paul. Paul, he's writing to the church in Galatia, and he's writing about the work of the Holy Spirit. This is what he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I like patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Is that it? Is that all I got? Okay. I'm excited to speak to you today, church. We've been in a series called uh, Gifted, and we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Has it been good? It's been so good. Come on, can we give it up for all of our speakers? I think last week, Pastor Joel brought an amazing word. I know Pastor Brian, Pastor Jeff, uh, man, just so, some amazing words. Today, we're going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit, but we're going to start a new series called Fruitful. Fruitful. I just want to have some juice now. Come on. That's a cool graphic. Let's pray today. Let's pray. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Jesus, we love you. And Holy Spirit, I just, we don't just make room for you. We give you the room. Have the room, God. Have the microphone. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just indwell me. God, fill me up right now to overflow. God, fill me with your power. God, fill me with your love. Fill me with your compassion. God, I pray right now you'd soften hearts in this room. God, you would open ears. God, open eyes. We, I, got, I, I just feel this. I feel this. I, we come against the, the attack of the enemy. God, I pray for breakthrough to happen today. There's a spiritual restriction. And we, God, I just pray right now by the power of your spirit, you just break that off your people. We want to see you, Jesus. We want to know you more. God, I pray when we leave this room, we would have a greater glimpse of you, God, a greater revelation of you. But God, we would know that you're doing something. You're working in us, God. We love you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said, amen. 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 I got a confession to make, church. Um, I'm getting tired of social media. I know I'm in good company, right? I'm getting tired of social media. Um, and it's not because, like, I'm getting older, okay? I know. I get it. Young people, I, I'm 30 now. I know I'm getting old, okay? I know some of you are, like, really mad when I say that, and that's why I say it. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting so old. Uh, it's not because I'm getting old. I'm not like one of those Christians that's like always looking for signs. You know, you know what I mean? Like, have you seen the Apple logo? It's the eating fruit. Genesis, Adam, Eve, sin. We got to ban the iPhone. No, no, no. I'm not like one of those guys. If you're one of those guys, I'm sorry. Um, it probably wasn't an Apple, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, no, I, I, I really like social media. I, th I have friends today that I wouldn't have made if it wasn't for social media, social media could be fun. But if I'm just being honest with you, like lately, I'm getting tired of social media because there is so much pressure on social media. I could talk all morning about the pressures on social media. 
But like, I don't know if you've noticed, but there is like, like, like there is so much pressure. Do you, do you remember the days where we could just post what we wanted to post? And like nobody cared? You remember those days, right? It was just, and I still do that, but like, like we still do that. And maybe some of you are like, I have no idea what he's talking about, but like maybe you know what I'm talking about. But like there's so much pressure today to promote everything going on in the world. There's so much pressure to share my opinion, and it better be the right opinion. You better not say the wrong thing because we got a group of people ready to cancel you. There's so much pressure these days to share everything going on in the world. It's like our social media is turning into CNN and Fox News. We're becoming news reporters. You got to get all the facts. You got to have all the truth. You got to, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen that? I got to post this. Got to post that. Got to talk about this. I got to promote it. Got to promote it. And it's like, I, I, I don't know if you noticed, but, but like, it's, it's like you don't have to really even believe in something. If you just post about it, it's like you believe it. If you post about it, people are like, oh, you're about it. Okay. But if you don't post about it, people are like, okay, you're not about it. Oh, I see how it is. I have friends, I have friends that are not Christian and they are, they are livid right now. They're talking about how dare you not share your opinion? How dare you not stand up calling us, calling us Christian nationalists because, because we're not sharing our opinion. We're not promoting everything going on in the world. And we have this, this pressure to, to promote. It, it, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like you don't have to read a book, just post a quote and everybody will think you're smart. Right? Come on. We're getting honest in church today. Come on, you don't have to pray anymore. You just got to post that you're praying about something. Come on, I've been there. Don't throw stones at me. I've been there before where I'm like, I'm praying for it. And then I didn't pray for it. Anybody else? Okay. Four of us. Okay. That's okay. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Right? Like, I don't know. I just like, I feel like everybody's screaming at me. Hey, what are you promoting? What are you promoting? I'm like, uh, I don't know, like Jesus, my life, my dogs. What are you promoting? You better, you better post it. You better be about it. You better shout it. You better post it. And I'm like, stop yelling at me, please. Please stop yelling at me. I just, I, I feel bad. I feel bad. What is this creating? Why, why are we talking about this? Well, it's creating, first of all, this feeling of always being behind. This feeling of, uh, I always got to keep up. I always got to catch up. I always got to be up with the news. I got to be up with the times. I got to educate myself. I got to know what's going on. It's this constant, like I got to consume, 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 because I don't want to get behind, right? And it's, and, and, and I'll just say this before I move on. It's sometimes we do need to make some noise. Sometimes as leaders, as Christians, we do need to use our voice. God has given us a voice, and there are certain things that we do need to speak on. Amen. But sometimes, can I just be real? I don't know what to say. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed and I don't know what to say, so I don't say anything at all because if I say the wrong thing, then I get... <laughs> and there's all this pressure. This is pressure on social media. What is it creating? Well, it's creating this. It's creating a divide. It's creating a chasm. It's creating in our lives an illusion of what we say we're about and what we're actually about. Of what we're presenting to the world and what we actually possess. Come on, I'll throw myself under the bus. There's times where, you know, you know, I forget to read my Bible. Everybody in the room sucked air. I forget to read my Bible and I feel guilty. I feel guilty. And so what do I do? I get on social media and I like post a verse. So everybody thinks I'm reading my Bible because I'm a pastor. Just being honest today. Just being honest. I know you've never done that. It's okay. I'll be honest. But what does Jesus have to say about this? Well, 
We find out in Mark chapter 11, Jesus is going to go to the cross in just a few days. But before he goes to the cross, there's this really odd story in Mark chapter 11. We just read it moments ago. And it's a weird miracle because it's the only miracle that Jesus performs where he does not bless, but he curses. Bible says he sees a fig tree and he sees leaves on the fig tree. And if you see leaves on the fig tree, there should be figs on that tree. Okay. And the Bible says that he approaches the tree because he was hungry and he wanted some food. And he gets up to the tree and he, he realizes there's no fruit on this tree. There's no fruit on it. Jesus, he curses the tree. What are you doing, Jesus? I believe it was a living parable of what was, he was, he was demonstrating something of what was about to happen. Jesus is not just like going around, I hate trees, I'm cursing trees. No, like Jesus, he, he was actually, he was doing something. He was demonstrating, it was a living parable to show what he was about to do for he would then right after this, he would step into the temple courts. And he would see busyness in the church. And he would go and he would flip over tables. And we see Jesus animated. We see Jesus frustrated. There was a bunch of busyness in the church, but there was no presence. He wasn't represented in that space. He said, you made my my father's house a den of robbers when it's supposed to be a house of prayer. You made my church something it's not. It speaks to what animates Jesus' heart. Why does Jesus get frustrated? Why did he curse the tree? Can I tell you? Because Jesus doesn't play the game of showing the world you have leaves and no fruit. Appearance versus the actual. Are you with me today, church? We live in a culture today. It's a leaves culture. You know what I mean? Everybody's showing off their leaves. You hear Bobby got a new leaf? It's a nice leaf. That's a nice, it's a, I'm tired of my 2016 leaf. I just want that new leaf pickup, all right? I need a new leaf, right? I run into old friends and we catch up and what's the conversation around? Well, it's about leaves. Hey, bro, what you doing with your leaves? How, wait, how many leaves you got? How many? Whoa, dude, good job. That's awesome. And I get it. It's awesome. We want to kind of talk about ourselves. I understand that. But we, we live in a culture that's all about leaves and Jesus isn't about it. Jesus is like, I don't like the appearance of fruit, leaves, and no fruit. He doesn't want us to present one thing and then be something else. Can I tell you what the biblical word for this is? It's hypocrisy. And I believe Jesus wants to deal with the divide in our life today. I'm speaking to all of us because I think at, at some level, everybody in this room, everybody watching online, at some level, we all have a divide in our life. We have a gap in our life from what we show versus what we actually possess. And I want to say this to anybody that's, you're here and you're like, I'm struggling. I got issues. I got battles. Can I just say welcome to the club, by the way? But, but I want to say this. Church, the church should be the safest place on planet Earth where you can be honest about what you're going through. Honest about your struggle. Honest about your issue. Honest about your failures. It should be the safest place. Can I tell you, Jesus, he has unlimited grace and love for those who are in need of forgiveness. Jesus, he has unlimited grace, but what he doesn't deal with is the show. He would rather us get honest about what we're going through, honest about our struggle, honest about our issues, honest about our battles, than to come into church and put a mask on and just pretend. Come on, church, in 2022, can we stop pretending? Can we stop coming into church with a mask on, saying, everybody, look at my leaves. Everybody, look how awesome I'm doing. No, no, Can I just tell you today, it's okay to struggle. Come on, it's okay to have issues. It's okay to be in process, right? Come on, somebody. Touch your neighbor, tell them it's okay to be in process. It's okay. 
We don't got to come in church and be like, because I get it. We want everybody to know we're strong. We want everybody to know how good we're doing. We want everybody to see the progress we've made. And we don't want to get real. And so here's the contrast today. Culture, culture asks, what are you promoting? But God asks, what are you producing? And Paul, he's telling us something about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's saying something so profound. He's talking to a church in Galatia that was dealing with very similar things that the, the church in Mark 11 was dealing with. There was a lot of activity. There was a lot of busyness. There was a lot of outward expression of religion, but it was getting noisy and there was no fruit. They were beating each other up. They were cursing at each other. They were fighting. There was disputes and arguments. Sounds like 2022, doesn't it? And Paul's like, what are you guys doing? People were coming into church trying to add to the finished work of Jesus. Paul's like, you can't add to the finished work of Jesus. Can I tell you the most dangerous theology in all the world is Jesus plus something? See, we're so scared of atheism. We're so scared of people who are trying to, to push agendas that, 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 that are removing Jesus. Can I tell you what's worse? It's, it's the church that gets on a stage and preaches Jesus plus something equals salvation. Jesus plus my effort. Jesus plus good works. Jesus plus myself. Jesus plus outward appearance. Jesus plus my behavior. It's not the gospel. It's not. Can I tell you, you can't add to the finished work of Jesus. Why? Because it's finished. You can't finish what he's already finished. Amen. And Paul, he begins, this is so profound. He talks about the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's role in our life is so powerful. He doesn't just give us gifts to operate in which are beautiful and needed. That's why we talked about them. But the Holy Spirit, hear me, he's at work inside of you and me. If you're a Jesus follower in the room, you have the great Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And he's our counselor. And he's our comforter. And he's our friend. And he is our convictor. And, and, and he leads us into all truth, right? But what else does the Holy Spirit does? He, he cultivates fruit in our life. The Holy Spirit, he's our, he's our sanctifier. He's like fire, burning away all that's artificial in our life, taking away the things that we put our trust in that don't belong there. He's indwelling us. See, can I, can I teach you something? See, the moment that you put your faith in Jesus... The moment you put your faith in Jesus, there's this, this theological word called justification. You're justified by faith. What does that mean? It means that you are pure, you are holy, you are righteous. It means you have the resume of Jesus. When you put your faith in Jesus, it's like you've never sinned before. It's justification. But then there's this other theological word called sanctification. And it's the Holy Spirit purifying us and molding us and shaping us and transforming us into the image of Jesus. He's trying to make you like Jesus, right? And so we live in this tension. This is where we get confused because I'm, I'm justified, but I'm also being sanctified, right? I have a new position, but I'm still in process. I'm, I'm pure, but I'm being made pure. I'm righteous, but I'm being made righteous. <laughs> I'm holy. You're holy, but you're also being made holy. You ever like, Ever gone on autopilot and like driven to the wrong place? I remember like multiple times my wife and I, we, we, we were moving early in, in our marriage. We did a lot of like house sitting. Hello, like first year of marriage, had no money. Uh, thank you, everybody that let us house sit. Um, but like we were moving a lot. It would be like three months here, six months there, you know. And I remember like moving houses and, and we would move. And then like 
I would like get done with work and I would start to drive home and I would like pull up into the driveway of the wrong house. And I'd be like, okay, time to get out of the And then something would dawn on me. Like, you don't live here anymore. I was like, oh, okay. So I like closed the door and back out and I went to my new home, right? <laughs> what is it? Sanctification. You have a new place of residence. You have a new house. You have a new place that you live in. Come on, some of us, we need to back out the driveway and drive. Can I, can I just declare to somebody, I, I feel like I need to preach this, to anybody that feels like they're going back to old patterns, anybody feels like they're going back to old thoughts, anybody that feels like they're going back to old ways, come on, you're struggling, you got battles, can I tell you, that is not your place of residence anymore. You have a new nature, you have a new identity in Christ Jesus. He's sanctifying us, he's purifying us. Holy Spirit is producing fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I memorize them because I'm a pastor. All glory to God. <laughs> right? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Come on. He, he, he's, he's producing these, these beautiful virtues in our life. It's unconditional love. It's a love that's not dictated on how people treat me. It's a joy that's not based on my circumstance. It's a peace that's not the absence of problems. It's the presence of Jesus. It's a, it's a gentleness. It's a faithfulness. It's a kindness. Where did all the kind Christians go? Where did all the sweet Christians go? There's a self-control he's, he's bringing about in my life. He's shaping us. He's forming us. He's transforming us into the image of Jesus. Why is this important, Pastor Stephen? Because to resist this work is to resist the Holy Spirit. Hear me today. I need you to catch this. The Holy Spirit is passionately committed to shaping you and molding you into the image of Jesus. He's passionate. I see him, Holy Spirit. He's like, woo. He's like, he's giddy. He's like, I, I get to make him look like Jesus. This is my job. I love this. Gee, oh, he, he's, he's excited. He's passionate about producing fruit in your life. Evidence of his spirit in your life. Where's the evidence in the church? I see leaves, but I don't see fruit. So the question I feel like the Holy Spirit's asking me today, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? So I'm telling you today, God, he wants to produce fruit. And sometimes, come on, let's be honest. We let our personality get in the way of what God wants to do. Well, that's just not my personality. You know, if they clap at me, I clap back. If they say something mean to me, I'm going to say something mean back, right? Have you, do you know what Enneagram number I am? That's not who I am. You know what it is? I'm an eight. If they mess with me, I'm messing with them. I'm going to say what I want, do what I want. They can deal with it. Guess what? You sound like you, not like Jesus. I'm not here to offend you. I'm here to help you. Because what the world needs is evidence of the Spirit living in His church. The world does not need a bunch of Christians who know a lot of things, who say a lot of things, but don't live those things. They need a church that looks like Jesus. I want to give you a couple points today. I don't have much time left, but I've got so much to say. So, please forgive me. We're going to be here for the next two hours. Listen, you thought I could make it through a sermon without making that joke. You're wrong. I did it again. Okay. 
I'm going to give you a couple points about fruit because I believe Paul, he, he's, ta- he's talking to us about the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And I think a lot of us, if we're being honest, a lot of us were frustrated. A lot of us, we, we feel like this need to catch up. We feel like this need to, 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 to we feel behind. I, I think a lot of us, church, we're measuring success the wrong way. I think we're measuring growth the wrong way. Yeah. I, I, it's crazy because we have Jesus, but we're frustrated. We have salvation, but we're frustrated. We have forgiveness of sins, but we're frustrated. Maybe, maybe because we've adopted the culture's definition of growth. and We have superimposed it onto our relationship with Jesus and we have rejected the biblical definition of growth. And as a result, we're frustrated. Can I tell you, God doesn't measure like the world measures. See, the world looks at outward appearance, leaves, but God... He looks at the heart. Fruit. Fruit. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, fruit can't be fast. Fruit can't be fast. Listen to me. When Paul equates the work of the Spirit to, to, to fruit, he's saying something so profound. He's saying, hear me, that growth in our life is gradual. He's saying, if I may, that the sanctification process is slow. It's slow. We talk about this all the time, but in our culture, it's all about right now, right? Right now. I want it right now. Give it to me. Give it to me. I want it yesterday, right? But in God's kingdom, it's going to be slow, right? Pastor Joel says this all the time. We live in a microwave culture. It's so true. But Jesus, Jesus lived in an agricultural culture. Is that, is that a right term? I don't, he lived in the agriculture. I don't know. Don't judge me, Right? You go to the teachings of Jesus and he just, he's always talking about farmers. He's always talking about like something in the area of farming, planting seeds, sowing, reaping, harvest, fields, farmers, workers. I mean, it's trees, it's bushes, it's like plants, right? It's just like, that's how Jesus works. This culture was different. They couldn't catch an Uber to Jerusalem. Couldn't catch a plane ride, right? It's just like, they had to walk. They had to ride a donkey. There was a process. See, we want things fast, but biblical growth is slow and fruit can't be fast. Paul, he's talking about, he's talking about not overnight growth. He's talking about gradual growth. You know, I'm a big believer that I could lay hands. We could lay hands and we could pray for peace. We could pray for patience. We could pray for joy. And God's so good. He'll give it to you in that moment. But you know what I've found in God all the time? Most of the time, when you pray for patience, he'll give you the seed of patience, not the fruit of patience. He wants to cultivate something real in your life. He doesn't want to cultivate something temporary. Sometimes God is so good that he says you can handle the temporary. But sometimes he's so good that says if I give you the temporary, if I give you the the right now, it won't last. You'll fall back. And so I know what's good for you. So I actually got, I got to plant a seed. I got to plant a seed and I got to let it grow. And so a lot of times when when we pray for patience, you know what God does? He gives you the opportunity to be patient. You are the old saints saying, don't, don't, don't pray for patience. Don't pray for patience because you're going to pay for it. Right? I'm like, God, I just, oh, I need patience. Get out of my way. Right? It's just like people on the road. They make me mad. And I miss that God's given me opportunity to grow because there's a, there's a process. It's not fast. It's not overnight growth. In fact, he's growing, he's growing fruit in you right now. Listen to me. It's slow. In fact, it's so slow that most of us are missing the fact that we're growing right now. (laughs) Because we can't see our growth in real time, right? Who's that for today? 
You just feel like, man, I don't know if I'm growing. I feel like I'm in the same spot. I feel like, man, I just feel like I'm not gaining ground. I feel like I'm not growing. Can I encourage you by the Bible today, the Holy Spirit, if you're a follower of Jesus, he indwells inside of you. And even when it feels like nothing is happening, can I something is happening. Something's working in you. Something's happening. The Holy Spirit is at work. It might take months. It might take years. But eventually the Holy Spirit is going to produce fruit in your life. He's growing fruit right now. Listen, we get frustrated because we want fast fruit. But that was never the promise of the Bible. We've taken culture's standard of growth and we have superimposed it onto our relationship with Jesus and we're frustrated. But I came to encourage somebody today, you're growing even though you don't see it. You're growing even though you don't feel it. You're growing even though you don't sense it. You're growing. You're growing. Sometimes... It takes, a, it takes a community. It takes you getting around a community and people going, hey, let me remind you where you used to be. Let me remind you where you used to be. Pastor Stephen, I'm still struggling. I know, I know, but you get up faster. Pastor Stephen, I, I looked at pornography again. I know what you're getting on is faster. Pastor Stephen, I still have anxiety. I know, I know, but you're at church today. Two years ago, you were curled up in your bed under the covers, anxious and depressed, but now you're here. You're at church. Come on, somebody. You're growing and you don't even know it. You need some people in your life. Man, the devil's a liar. And he'll come and say, he'll say, listen, you're not growing. You're going backwards. And we need to get some people around us to say, hey, no, no, no. Let me remind you where you used to be. I may, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Come on, somebody. And listen to me. The Holy Spirit, he's producing fruit in your life. The Holy Spirit, he's growing you. You're changing. You're being molded and shaped into the image of Jesus. Fruit can't be fast. Number two, number two, I got to hurry. Fruit can't be faked. It can't be faked. I mean, it can be faked until you need to make lemonade. I remember growing up in the Baptist church and on the communion table, they had like the fake grapes. Anybody? Like you got some in your house, right? They had the glass grapes, they had the rubber grapes. I remember as a kid, I would like run up. I'd be like, no way they left out grapes for me. This is awesome. And I would get up to the table and I'd be like, they're fake. I just want some grapes, bro. What the heck? Sometimes I still chew on the rubber ones. Just kidding. That was a joke. That was weird. <laughs> just the glass ones. Uh, fruit can't be faked. What do you mean, Stephen? What do you mean? I, I mean that I mean that the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it can't be replaced by anything exterior. So I got to get this out because I think we're measuring growth the wrong way. We measure growth by culture standards and not God's standards. We have Jesus, but we're still discouraged. So we got to understand this. Nothing external can replace what the Holy Spirit is doing internal. Nothing. Nothing can replace it. Not gifting. Not accolades. Not titles. Not medals. Not your outfit. Although I look good today. It's a new shirt, not money, not a relationship, not a job, not a career, not a new boat, not a new house. Nothing exterior can replace what God wants to do interior. In fact, you know what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13? He says, if I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and I possess all knowledge and I had such a faith I could move mountains, sounds awesome, but I didn't love others. 
I didn't have the fruit of love. I would be nothing. You know, I've heard it said that the fruit of the Spirit can be summed up with one word in the original language. That word is love. He goes on. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and I even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. You know what can't replace fruit? Talent. Gifting. See, we wonder why, and my heart goes out to, 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 to pastors and ministers, but we wonder why pastors fall. We wonder why pastors, they, they, their life looks really good because we listen to a sermon and then we wonder what happened. We wonder why they fell. See, I know what happened. See, listen to me. If I'm not careful, me, I can think that my growth is dictated by how well I preach on a pulpit with a microphone in my hand. <laughs> See, I want you to know this. Life change happening through us does not mean life change is happening in us. God can use you to change people and you still not be changed. I can get up here on this pulpit, June 26th, and I can preach a message about Jesus. And then I can go to Super One and I can cuss out the cashier and have no fruit. Because talent is not fruit. Gifting is not fruit. That's why we should never follow somebody because of their gifting. We should always ask, what's their fruit? That's why I love the local church. The local church is so powerful. Because we can get into atmospheres like this and we can get close enough to the people we're being led by and we can see if they got fruit on their life. I love this church because this church is full of people that got fruit on their life. I don't even, I don't see, I don't know where they, like I was just praying this morning. I felt like Lord wanted me to say Reuben and Amy Mundo. They got fruit on their life. They're not even here right now. I don't think they're coming second. Maybe Dave and Rhoda Miller, fruit on their life. The Newmans, fruit on their life. I mean, I could, I, I could spend the rest of our time. Fruit, 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 fruit. Because you guys, you're in a church that's awesome. We're blessed. We really are. Can I give you another one? Don't get advice from somebody just because they're smart. Anybody can sound smart in 2022. Hold on, hold on. I got I to, gotta, let me pray about it. Google. Hey, bro, so I was praying, and, and this is what the Lord told me. Ask, what's their fruit? We got people that are like, hey, I, I, if you give me X amount of money, I'll give you the 10 keys to success. Nope. No, thank you. You know what I would rather do? I'd rather find some people in the local church that have been through the trenches and are still standing. I'd rather find some people in the local church that have been through hell, but they're living for heaven now. Come on. I'd rather find somebody in the local church that their marriage has gone through the fire. Their marriage has gone through the test. Their marriage has been sifted, but they're still standing. Come on, somebody. There's people in the local church that have fruit on their life. I know Pastor Jolie honored our pastors last week, and I can second that. Our pastors, they are who they are in public as they are in private. But I can also say Pastor Joel and Lindsay, they are who they are in public, who they are in private. I've been around them long enough. I can, I'm close enough. I see fruit on their life. I see, come on, I see, how they, I see how they treat each other. 
I see how they love people. I see how they treat the staff. I see how I see their love for the local church. I see their love for the presence of God. I see their love for the things of God. They have fruit on their life. So I want to get close. Number one, because I don't have to pay them. And that's awesome. <laughs> you give me the 10 keys of success right for free. Okay, cool. You want to get lunch? Okay. Uh, but also because they got fruit on their life. They got fruit on their life. I got to go. I got to go. Fruit can't be faked. You can't replace external what God's doing internal. In fact, the band can come up. Come help me because I'm going to talk forever. Because here's what I learned in my life. And I want you to get this. Please don't check out. The Holy Spirit, he will use anything and anyone to bring about fruit in your life. He'll use everything. He'll use his word, right? Obviously, because his word is powerful. His word's like a mirror. The Bible's the only book that when you read it, it'll read you. He'll use this word. But what's what I've also learned? I've learned the Holy Spirit, he will use difficult circumstances to shape fruit in your life. He'll use it. He'll use storms. He'll use trials. He'll use battles. You know what 2020 taught me? It taught me that my faith is not attached to a circumstance. My faith is not attached to an outcome. My faith is not attached to a feeling. My faith is attached to a person. His name is Jesus. My faith in 2020 went through the fire and it was purified. So now in 2022, when hard things come my way, when things get difficult, you know what I do? I go, hey, I made it through 2020 and I'm still standing. I'm still breathing. I'm still serving God. I still love my wife. I still got friends. I still got a purpose. I still got a plan. I'm still a pastor. Come on, God's been good. He's not giving up on you. You got to encourage yourself in the Lord today. Pastor Stephen, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. Remind yourself what you've been through. You've been through the craziest season ever, 2020. You're still standing. You're still breathing. You're at church today. You're serving God's house. You're leading a powerful family. Come on, you're, you're leading a good, you're, you're being light in dark places. God is not done with you. God is still using you. God still has a plan for you. God still has a purpose for you. God still has a destiny for you. He'll use difficult seasons, but I've also learned he'll use difficult people. Uh-oh. Some of us, we're cursing people in our life that God is trying to use to shape us. He'll use anybody. He'll use that bad boss. He'll use, he'll use bad leaders. He'll use good leaders. Young people, he, he's using your parents. To shape parents, he's using your kids. Can I get an amen? He'll use anybody. He'll use anybody. He'll use your spouse. Don't say amen. God knows he's using me to bring fruit about in my wife's life. You're welcome, babe. Yeah. It's, it's not much, but it's honest work. It's honest. That person that just gets on your nerves. God, why didn't you give me a sibling? so annoying. You can say amen to that one. I'll tell you why he gave you a sibling to produce fruit in your life. To all the difficult people and all the difficult situations that we're trying to push away, the Holy Spirit is trying to use to shape fruit in our life. And if we're not careful,
trouble, if we keep running away from, from if we keep trying to stay in our comfort zone, no, 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 we're missing out on what the fruit of this, that God's trying to produce. Some of you, you're in a storm right now, and God's using it to produce fruit in your life. Some of you have parents, you have kids that are getting on your nerves. You should stop getting angry at them and you should start thanking God for them because God's using them to produce fruit in your life. So can I tell you this way? If everybody makes you mad, everybody's not the problem. You mad, bro. <laughs> if everything gives you road rage, speaking to myself, the road's not the problem. There's a rage inside of you. The Holy Spirit's trying to use it. I see people jumping from church to church to church, 10 churches in 10 years. Stop the madness. I've been in church my entire life. I've been in this church for 13 years. You know what I've learned? There's no such thing as a perfect church. Listen, I don't always agree with everything that happens here. Sometimes things get difficult, but isn't that family? Isn't that family? And the Bible says that those who plant in the house will flourish. You keep getting frustrated going to church. If you keep getting frustrated going to church, maybe it's because you keep bringing the person that's frustrating you. You. And hear me, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to help you see that God's even using church to form fruit in your life. I give you homework today, actually. You, you'll promise you do it. Don't make me waste my time. I want you to go home today, and I want you to write down every person that bothers you, every person that's difficult in your life. And if you don't have any people, write write down your storm, write down your circumstance, write down what you're going through. And next to the names, don't write why. Ask God, what are you trying to produce in me through them? write it down because our God he'll take everything that the enemy meant for evil and he'll use it for good thanks I gotta finish because I got a whole other point guys 1023 pastors are not here though they're I don't know here we go last one last one fruit can't be forced I got to give this to you because if you get everything else but you don't get this, you miss my whole point. Fruit can't be forced. You can't force it. When your life is connected to Jesus, whether you know it or not, you're producing fruit. John 15, John 15, he's the vine. We're the branches. Words of Jesus, John 15, 4. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruitfulness unless you remain in me. Unless you remain in me. Maybe you heard it said before, it's like a really old adage. You never ever, ever walk past a fruit tree. You never walk past a fruit tree in here. Right? And if you have, we'll talk later. Right? But you never walk past a fruit tree in here. Right? But can I tell you, that's what a lot of Christians look like in 2022. What are you doing, bro? I'm just trying to love Jesus. 
I'm just trying to have joy. Ow. It's like you got spiritual constipation. Is that too far? It's in my notes. I planned it. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's not too far. Come on. What am I saying? Fruit can't be forced. It's not in your power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in Him. And I want you to notice when we read in Galatians 5, notice that Paul calls these the fruit of the Spirit, right? But when he talks about the flesh, I've never seen this before, he doesn't call them the fruit of the flesh, he calls them the deeds of the flesh. I was like, Paul, you should have called them the fruit of the flesh. It's good alliteration. What are you doing? If you're like preachers, I don't know if you notice all my points, but they're good alliteration. I work really hard on it. But he doesn't because he calls them the deeds of the Spirit. Why? Because deeds is something you actively do. Deeds is something you forcefully do. Deeds is something you do on purpose. Oh, but come on, somebody, fruit, fruit, it happens naturally. Woo, it happens naturally, friends. Only when your life is connected to Jesus can you bear fruit. Only when you're connected to the vine. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And he's producing fruit. You don't get fruit by focusing on fruit. You get fruit by focusing on Jesus. You get fruit by focusing on the fruit that points to the one. Come on. You get fruit by abiding in him and him abiding in you. We've made this really complicated, church, but it's actually really simple. I would propose to somebody today, you're actually working harder disobeying God than you are to obey God. Because you got a new nature inside of you. you got a new spirit at work inside of you. Some of us, were frustrated. Some of us, come on, we're tired. Some of us, if we're being real honest, we're miserable. And it's not because God isn't good. It's because we're resisting the work that he wants to do in our lives. He's speaking to you. I don't got to get up here and speak prophetically and tell you everything that you need to do. God's, the Holy Spirit's the best teacher there ever is. He's speaking to you. You know what you need to do. You know who you need to forgive. You know the conversations you need to have. Come on, you know the, you know the things you need to let go of. You know what to do. I got this picture of Christians like going against the wind. Because the Spirit is the, it's the pneuma. It's the wind of God. And I got this picture of, of Christians. They're going against the wind because they're going against the Holy Spirit. We're resisting the work of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you today? Yield to his work. Submit to the Holy Spirit. My wife and I, are you guys good? Can I talk for a little longer? My wife and I, we love to travel. And we used to travel like just to take photos, but now we're like, live, we, we like to live the vacation life. Come on, somebody. And we save up for it. But like when we're looking for a hotel, like somewhere warm, we're always looking for the lazy river. Lazy River's from God, okay? I'll tell you why. But I love the Lazy River because we get to a hotel. We love the Lazy River. We get, in the, we, we get in the Lazy River. And my wife, Lisa, she's like, she's good. She's relaxing. She gets up on the tube and she's like, ah. But not me. I can't, I can't stand still. I can't sit still. So I, like, come on, we go to Boulder Beach. And she gets in the tube and I get behind her and I just start pushing her. You guys, I'm 30 years old, and I'm pushing my wife past six-year-olds and little girls. Get out of my way. Am I proud of it? Yes, I am. That's why I'm telling you this story. 
Absolutely. When we were in Florida last year, we were in Florida last year. It was so beautiful. But she, she, my wife, she's in the, she's in the tube. She's floating. She's in, living her best life now, right? And me, I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna see how long it'll take me to run this whole lazy river the opposite way. <laughs> so my wife's floating, and there's all these strangers. I'm like, you don't know me. I don't care. I'm like running through the river. <laughs> And I felt like God told me that's what a lot of Christians look like. Just running through the river. We're running upstream. We're going against the current. Come on, somebody. We're running. We're like, God, I'm just trying to love you. God, I'm just trying to just trying to be better. We're fighting the current. God, I'm just, I'm just trying to be loving. I'm just trying to be patient. I'm just trying to be peaceful. I'm just trying to be joyful. Get out of my way. I'm trying to be joyful. And all the while, can I tell you what God is saying? He's saying, I want you to turn around. And I want you to let go and give into my give into my current. Come on, give into the current of my grace. Give into the current of my love. Come on, somebody. Give into the current of my power. Give into the current of the Holy Spirit today. Because he's carrying you. His arms are strong, church. He has the ability to pick you up and carry you. Stop fighting him. Yield to him. Submit to him today. Say, God, I'm here and I'm open. And whatever you want to do, I'm open to it. God, if you want my personality, you can have my personality. God, if you want my sexuality, you can have my sexuality. God, if you want my money, you can have my money. God, if you want my life, you can have my life. Because I trust your leading. I trust what you're doing. I trust in you, God. You've never let me down. You're never going to let me down. Come on, somebody. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I promise. I need you to see this. Fruit of the Spirit, it's not plural. Like we, we know, Stephen, you've given us this point before, but like I keep hearing people say the fruits of the Spirit. I'm like, stop it. It's not theological. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Paul, he says fruit of the Spirit, and then he lists nine virtues. Why? Because he's not describing nine virtues, he's describing one person. That Jesus is the embodiment of the, whole, of the fruit of the Spirit. He's the embodiment. Listen to me. Jesus is love incarnate. Jesus is our joyful King. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Come on, somebody. He's been gentle with you. He's been patient with you. Come on, has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? Come on. Oh, his kindness, it leads all men to repentance. Come on, somebody. He's faithful even when you're unfaithful. And he was tempted in every way that we were tempted, yet he was without sin. What is he trying to do? He's trying to make you like Jesus. He's trying to make me like Jesus. Can I tell you that God, he wants to look at you and he wants to see himself in you. God, he wants to look at you, and he wants to see Jesus in and through your life. Can I tell you what real purity is? God wants to purify you. Purity is not abstaining from sexual immorality. Purity, come on, purity is when God looks at you, he says, I see me in you. Purity is not saying no, no, no to the things of the world. Purity is saying yes, yes, yes to the things of God. Come on, somebody. Your greatest gift to this world is not your gift. Your greatest gift to this world is the fruit that God's trying to produce in your life. 
The waiter needs the fruit of the Spirit. Your spouse needs the fruit of the Spirit. Your brother, your sister, they need the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, your teacher, your boss, your neighbor, they need the fruit of the Spirit. You know what this world needs? Amidst their pain and amidst their brokenness and amidst their confusion, even if you think they're wrong, you know what they need? They need a church that looks like Jesus. They need a church. Come on, get up on your feet today. They need a church that loves like Jesus. They need a church that talks like Jesus. They need a church that speaks like Jesus. And this is the work of the Spirit. He's making you like Jesus. Come on. Can we lift our hands to heaven? This is just us saying, Holy Spirit, we surrender to your leading, God. We surrender to your power. God, we surrender to what you have for us. God, today, let there be a fresh surrender of our life to you. Let us be, let there be a fresh surrender, God. A fresh surrender, God. I know there's some people in the room. Maybe you're surrendering for the first time. It's amazing. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit, He wants to make you look like Jesus. God, we yield to your power. God, we yield to your leading. God, we say today you're shaping us, you're forming us, you're transforming us to make us look like Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in the room today, you've never given your life to this Jesus. He loves you. Bible, this is what the Bible says. He had a destiny and a plan for you before you were born. That's why we stand up for the unborn, by the way. I don't know who I'm speaking to. You're watching online. But you're here today. God has seen you before you were even born. The Bible says when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that He is Lord, He is our Savior, by faith we're saved. It's the free gift of salvation. And I just want to give an opportunity today, if you're here in the room, if that's you, if you would you just lift your hand? If you're saying, I just want to surrender my life to this Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on. We just declare today is your day. If you're watching online and you're giving your life to Jesus, you can text. Not sure what you can text. Maybe we'll have it in the comments. There it is. You can text HOTL to 97000 if you're watching online because it's important. We want to connect with you. Come on, can we give God a shout of praise in this place? He's so good.